welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, today we're going to take you behind the scenes in one of America's um, foremost, (laughs) hard to find a word to uh, describe it exactly, considering what we're going to be talking about, but um, one of America's foremost airlines, uh, United Airlines. Of course, if you've been following the news, You'll understand why I was tripping over the word foremost. I mean, yes, of course, United, American, and, and uh, of course, you know, United was one of the airlines that uh, um, was a victim of 9-11 and so on. And so it, it certainly is, it's, it's been an, American, an airline in America for countless years. But, and you may have, if you've been following the news, uh, you may remember some things that have been in the news about, uh, what's going on at United in regard to some passengers and some animals. Uh, for example, most recently, a paraplegic was forced to scoot down the aisle on his butt. Uh, sh- surely you will remember the um, news about Dr. David Dow, uh, who was violently dragged off a plane because he refused to give up his seat because the uh, he had paid for a ticket, and he had patients waiting for him. Um, then we have also a woman's doctor, uh, Dr. Camille Bassan, who was, she went to help a patient um, on the airlines, on United, and the, she's black, and the um, airline personnel didn't believe, they were asked to see her credentials. They didn't believe she was a doctor. Uh, you know, you can either take that as more discrimination for being black or for being a woman or the two together. And then, of course, there are more dogs who die on United than on any other airline. Uh, 18 out of 24 in the most recent count. Um, for example, you might have heard about the 10-month-old French bulldog who died because a <clears throat> airline stewardess put him in an overhead bin. Well, these are all things that are happening in front of the world and get in the news. What you may not have heard of um, is some of the things that are going on behind the scenes in terms of the ways that um, United treats some of its employees. So today we're going to take you there with um, a man, James Trabuco, who was a long-time, 42-year, in fact, United Airline employee, and his attorney, so you see where this has gone, his attorney, Bradley Gage. Bradley is, I, don't, I could take up the whole show reading you all his awards, but I will tell you, um, summarize it, and say that he is consistently voted as a super lawyer. He is, uh, has been nominated for trial lawyer of the year four times. He is a top civil rights um, trial attorney in in California. He's in the National Trial Lawyers Top 100 and so on. And he is the founding partner of Goldberg and Gage, which is a law firm in Woodland Hills. So welcome to the show, both of you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Um, why don't we start, I guess, um, Mr. Gage, why don't you start with um, just putting this in a little bit of a perspective um, from the legal point of view, and then, James, I'd like you to tell the story. Just tell your story, and, sure. um, and then we'll see how, how, in fact, it fits into all of these things, that the, all of the, the complaints um, in your lawsuit. So, go ahead, Mr. Gage. Thank you. Uh, You know, United Airlines, generally speaking, is a really outstanding company, and certainly I have a lot of personal um, regard for that airline. But sadly, they've had a number of problems. You've described some of them. And our lawsuit shows you the inner workings of this airline's. We're suing them for discrimination, retaliation, and other legal theories because they fired Jim after 42 years of dedicated service. The reasons that they fired him was he was trying to protect all of us from incidents like 911 happening again. He saw a situation where passengers were being allowed to go on an airplane and off an airplane the airline had lost track of who these people were entering and exiting the airplane. That is a situation that could allow for terrorists to get onto the airplane and create another 911 situation. As a conscientious employee, he sought to protect the company and bring it to management's attention. They did not like that, and they ended up firing him. They claimed that he had poor performance, Yet shortly after firing him for alleged poor performance, he received an award for his exemplary performance. So we know that was not a valid claim. The other reason they said he performed poorly is even more shocking. One of the employees had a 17-year-old daughter who was unfortunately raped. As a compassionate manager and human being, Jim allowed that employee to change his hours slightly so that he could fly to Utah where the family relocated and make it to work on time, working his full shift, but he had to start at 8 a.m. rather than 3.30 a.m. and then work later in the evening. The company that allows innocent dogs to die decided that it had no human compassion for this poor family whose daughter suffered this horrible crime. And to me, it's totally outrageous after 42 years to terminate a stellar employee who's been promoted and at times made so much money for the company. One year, he increased the revenues of United from $300 million to $360 million dollars just for the area that he was responsible for. That certainly shows an amazing performer. So now they're being sued because of the wrongful termination, the retaliation, and the discrimination. That's the essence of our claim. Yes, and just to clarify something about the award that you mentioned, obviously um, he was voted to get that award before he was terminated, and it was, it was uh, um, I guess, the ceremony or the actual giving of the award came later, but, but it was before he was terminated that he was chosen for the award, correct? correct. Yes. 
Yeah. Okay, so James, tell us uh, tell us your story. Now you're you're approximately sixty years old, right? Correct. And you've been working there for forty two years, so that makes it uh, eighteen. You started when you were eighteen. That's correct. Three months after I turned eighteen, I began my career with United. Wow, that's quite a that's quite an achievement in itself, um, and shows some incredible loyalty. So take us through, and you I've been reading, um, well, in in the complaint and in your that describes your history. Um, I mean, United moved you around to all different cities, and and you kept getting one promotion after another after another. Um, and I mean, it's not like you. <laughs> It's not like you were a, bag- a baggage handler, nothing, not saying anything that's a tough job being a baggage handler, but not that you stayed in that job for, um, for 42 years. Um, I mean, you kept showing your, your abilities, and they kept uh, rewarding you or actually rewarding themselves by putting you in more uh, jobs with higher responsibility. So tell us about it. Well, you're you're correct. Uh, as 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 you've read and uh, see in the history, I've uh, when I, after I started when I was 18 years old, I, I won't go through them all, but I probably moved 10 or 12 different times. And uh, in uh, sales capacities, I've worked uh, basically all over the world, with the exception of uh, uh, Russia and uh, China. And uh, uh, yes, I, I was a you know, uh, uh, without being cliche, a dedicated and loyal employee. And uh, up until uh, uh, basically the day I was uh, terminated, uh, you know, believed that it, we had a great working relationship, and I had just been doing my job to the best of my abilities and consistently being awarded for it. And to uh, to have had this happen in the manner in which it did was shocking. Okay, so. Um... So can you sort of just take us a little bit chronologically? I mean, I know not necessarily every place and every every promotion, sure. but just kind of a general sure. sense of, of how you were feeling going, you know, as the years were going by and as you were moving and as you were moving up as well. Sure. Well, I started in uh, Flight Dispatch, which is the uh, uh, area of the company where um, uh, flight plans are made and things of that nature. As a matter of fact, uh, one of my first responsibilities or the first uh, things I was able to do is run uh, flight plans up to uh, Jimmy Carter's uh, charter for when he was running for president in the fall of 1976 when I was hired. And uh, after that, uh, having worked in Washington, D.C. for a while, I transferred out to Denver, Colorado and became a baggage planner, which has to do with movement of bags through the uh, baggage system and making sure that the bags are kept with customers. I moved from that position up to a uh, zone controller in our control center where we manage the uh, gates and uh, uh, determine delays and whether we're going to delay a flight for holding for customers and things of that nature. Uh, from there, I went to be a ramp supervisor in Denver uh, out on the ramp. Uh, I became an operating manager on the ramp uh, shortly after that at approximately 23 years old. I was the youngest uh, management person uh, at United Airlines in Denver, uh, in the history of Denver. Uh, I got then promoted. We opened up the Washington Dulles Hub in uh, 1985, where I had started, and uh, I was transferred there to help get the that hub operation up and running, which it still does to, de- to this day. Uh, worked there for a couple of years, and uh, then was promoted to uh, uh, the responsibility in our headquarters of uh, handling uh, baggage processes and systems throughout the uh, throughout our system. 
this was also the time where the uh, DOT started tracking our baggage handling numbers, and we have uh, put additional emphasis on that. And one of my responsibilities, of course, was to manage that number and and uh, keep it down uh, for mishandled baggage. Uh, from there, I was uh, promoted to uh, a ramp and cargo manager in the Hawaiian Islands. I worked in Honolulu, but had responsibility for uh, ground equipment and other uh, areas out in the outer islands. I did that for a couple years. Then I was promoted to uh, Ontario uh, general manager here in Ontario, California, and uh, worked that at a couple years. Then I moved over to cargo sales. We were uh, putting additional emphasis on cargo, and I came back to Los Angeles here where I uh, did that uh, role for a few years. Uh, then uh, from there, we had a lot of stuff going on in the uh, cargo division, and I moved back to uh, the Chicago to the Midwest region where we uh, needed to increase sales there and get a little boost in, uh, in our uh, wide-body activity out of there. So I worked in Chicago for a couple years. Then I went back to New York Kennedy Airport when we were getting a freighter operation up and running. We converted some DC-10s into uh, freighters, and we needed to fill them up to Asia. So I went back there and did that for a couple years. And from there, uh, as a result of my success there, I was moved over to uh, handle Europe, Latin America, and the Middle East uh, cargo sales, where we, were, where we were establishing ourselves as a uh, primary cargo carrier for United. Uh, uh, and then I uh, came back to the West Coast to handle cargo operations for the entire West Coast and Hawaii, uh, which is where I was when, unfortunately, 9-11 uh, took place. And that was obviously a significant shift in our company uh, uh, for a whole lot of different reasons. Uh, and uh, uh, from that position, I moved over to the uh, station operations manager in Los Angeles working in our control center where we uh, do all the uh, gate planning and things of that nature. And from there, I became customer service manager in Los Angeles, uh, running the customer service uh, department upstairs. And then uh, we had the merger with Continental in 2010. I became an area manager in customer service, which is a job I've been doing for the past uh, eight years or so. And, uh, you know, I've had a long, successful uh, management career and, uh, have, you know, never missed a day of work uh, from illness, uh, save for five days where I had some heart issues uh, 10 years ago. Other than that, I reported to work every day uh, and uh, had zero disciplinary problems, you know, uh, no issues. Uh, had my life was United Airlines, uh, moved my family around the world to, uh, to do what they asked. It was mutually beneficial, but, you know, I was loyal to them. And uh, up until July 18th of uh, 2018, that's where I thought I was until I was brought in and advised that uh, as a result of the actions uh, that uh, Brad described a few moments ago, I was terminated. So when you were called in and they um, talked to you, uh, were you shocked? I mean, did you have any inkling at all that you were going to be fired? I did not. There was a, uh, a investigation last year with regard to the situation that uh, Bradley had referred to, uh, w- specifically regarding the employees whose schedule I had adjusted. And the result of that investigation was uh, completed in uh, uh, January of 2018, and it outlined uh, in the personnel reps' uh, mind that I had been uh, that I had had uh, exhibited favoritism towards this employee, but uh, I received that in a written letter, and the HR uh, indicated in that letter that uh, they make no decisions with regard to any disciplinary, if any, would take place. They just report out. I heard nothing of nothing, no response from that from my boss, so I assumed that he had taken the report for what it was worth, and uh, we moved on, and it concluded I had done nothing wrong. There was no zero discussion. And uh, until until it was referenced on July 18th when I was terminated. 
Well, um, that's the music that we need to take a break. Um, that gives us a background. And when we come back, I'd like to talk about some of the things that um, they, you know, have said now uh, or sure. on July 18th, 2018, for why all of a sudden um, you should be terminated after this incredible career. And, you know, I was thinking as you were talking about it that, um, yes, of course it's great to move up. I'm sure you got paid more and so on. But for a family, I mean, it does mean for everybody moving around. Of course, that's, that's enjoyable for, you know, there's lots of pluses to be able to move around the world and live in different places. But, I mean, you did, um, that was loyalty for them. It did show that you were willing to, to up, uh, change your whole life and, sure. uh, and, you know, move to the next job. Well, we need to take a break. Um, my guests are attorney Bradley Gage and James Trabuco, a former United Airlines employee. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman taking you behind the scenes of United Airlines. You've seen some of the um, more obvious uh, transgressions that United has, has committed in regard to some passengers and horrible things happening to passengers and horrible things happening to dogs. And, um, and now we're hearing the story of James Trabuco and his attorney, Bradley Gage. Um, as James started telling you about his 
his 42-year history at United. He's been promoted consistently um, and has won awards and has moved all over for United. And suddenly, after 42 years, and not coincidentally, around the time that he turns 60, all of a sudden, they start to find problems with his work. So, um, and, and Brad, what, you can chime in um, as James is telling us about um, the issues related to his termination. Um, you can chime in if there's something that you want to add from a legal perspective. I'll be happy to. Uh, okay. So go ahead, James. So when did it all, when did, when you walked into that meeting thinking life was wonderful and you were a valued uh, employee, um, what happened? What did they say and, and how did you feel? Well, the, the, uh, obviously I, I felt devastated. Uh, the, the genesis of this was a, a supervisor had not been where he was supposed to be uh, during an irregular operation. And uh, this was reported to us via a, uh, uh, we didn't know about it immediately, but we had heard about it subsequent in an employee meeting. And I was asked to follow up. And we had a situation where we had a uh, pregnant employee who was responsible for working a, a very irregular flight. There, were, there was a mechanical and there was uh, multiple delays on it after we had boarded. We had to onboard the aircraft. And this becomes, as you know, very complicated to make sure we know who's on that aircraft, who initially boarded, who got off, and who got back on, et cetera. So I had followed up on that, being concerned, obviously, about uh, potential FAA violations and being concerned about our, our customers and uh, making sure the oh, public's safe when they're flying. So I had followed up on that uh, with an employee, uh, with the uh, management if employee. If I could just interrupt a little bit on that, I think that's sure. kind of right. one of the important points of this situation, this lawsuit. When you have people that are boarding the airplane and getting off and they lose track of it, that, as I understand it, breaks the law. You have regulations with the FAA and the TSA, where airlines are required to keep track of who's going on and off airplanes. That's for our safety. We want to protect mm-hmm. the public. James was championing the protection of all of us. He wanted to avoid another 911 catastrophe because that's what happens when airlines don't know who is going on and off airplanes. It creates the opportunity for terrorists to strike again. And so this is a very important thing that he was doing, protecting us. It happened to be that the woman was pregnant, and he was concerned about her well-being as well. And that's also important because we want to treat our employees, everyone, well, especially someone who's pregnant and in need of assistance. Yes, absolutely. That's kind of the beginning of what happened here and forms the basis of a whistleblower claim because when James started to investigate this, uh, he finds out about potential violations and he reports them. Well, when you do that, you're protected from retaliation. That's the law. An employer, even a big company like United, cannot say, we don't like you bringing out potential legal violations um, to the public or to the FAA or even to this company. They're not allowed to then retaliate against you. That breaks the law. 
So, um, so James, you brought it up to the company and to the FAA. Is that right? No, I, I, as a matter of course, I would not report that to the FAA. I would just report it locally. Uh, my my uh, uh, superior had directed that I investigate uh, what had occurred, and I reported back to him what had occurred. And uh, from there, the employee who was uh, not where he was supposed to be uh, uh, became the subject of uh, uh, mis- uh, my uh, superior uh, took it from there. And what the employee did, who was the supervisor who was not where he was supposed to be, uh, ultimately uh, began to retaliate against me uh, in uh, working in tandem with my superior. Huh. So the two of them were trying to basically cover up what had happened. Uh, I can't say that. I can, I can only tell you that I reported it, and, there was, and to my knowledge, there was no subsequent discipline or any uh, engagement with that employee who had, uh, was not where he was supposed to be. So to help try to clarify this, and we're purposely not yes. using anybody's names, you have yes. the pregnant woman who was on the flight. Her supervisor, a male, was supposed to go there and assist her and did not. That's what was being investigated by James. It was reported to James's supervisor. After that employee, super, uh, the woman's supervisor, who wasn't where he was supposed to be, found out about the complaints that he then filed his own complaint against James, which led to the whole termination of him. And part of hmm. the complaint by this man who wasn't where he was supposed to be was a complaint about James adjusting the schedule for the uh, father of the 17-year-old who had been raped, which why anyone would complain about that is just beyond my ability to comprehend. But that's what apparently occurred. Okay. Boy, I didn't realize that... um, so So no one reported anything to the FAA? I, I don't know that to be true. Know it, about that. Okay. I'm sorry, Brad, I talked I, over I you. What, okay. Well, so, um, so no one, you don't know of anyone reporting anything to the FAA. Is that right? That's correct. But the FAA should be, and TSA also, should be monitoring what's going on on the airlines so that they would have right. knowledge of it anyways. Oh, I see what you're saying. Um, okay, so oh, so that's why even just telling someone within the company, um, the company didn't like because ultimately, if the FAA was doing its doing its job, they would come upon this through their just regular uh, supervision of companies. Of, of that's airlines. my understanding. Okay. And also, so, yeah. You would imagine that if United sees some problems like that, they would want to protect all of us and talk with the FAA itself. That just seems like a logical way of protecting our communities. Yes. So, okay. So, James, these two people who, um, who, you know, uh, contributed to to your termination... Mm-hmm. What had you ever had any kind of um, um, dust up, any kind of uh, argument, anything um, with them? Was there anything personal, in other words, um, with these people before, or 
or was this, or did this just kind of come out of the blue because um, of this particular incident with a pregnant woman? Uh, out of the blue, there had been no, 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 no dust-ups, no personality conflicts, no nothing. So, where does the age retaliation or the age discrimination, I mean, come come from? Was, was it these two uh, men, or was it uh, someone above them, or I mean, who who was it? Someone above them, presumably, who who actually told you on the 18th that you were fired. Uh, so you asked a number of questions, or I'll let Brad speak to the uh, legalities of okay. it. From my perspective, uh, you, you know, the uh, I don't know that uh, the typically the uh, the manager who's doing the termination would would make the recommendation, and obviously at a company the size of United, it wouldn't be done unilaterally. It would be done with the counsel and support of people in the HR unit and uh, his superiors. Yeah. Above him. Um, but so how, so how did? So how did they get um, all these people to sort of suddenly rise up against you? Well, it's I a combination of things. And here's how it comes about. You have the supervisor who failed to help the pregnant woman who's the subject of the investigation. So he has no choice in his mind but to make a claim to try and save his job. And allegedly, he also made comments that he was going to be the new manager when he got rid of James. You have Mm. the person above James, the higher manager, who then writes up James for allegedly violating policies. Now, it's my understanding, the accusation is, is that that higher-up manager made some comments about James's age and being over 60. And then mm. you have the company itself that would follow up on the termination. And there's a couple of things that would motivate the company. First of all, James is one of the oldest, if not the oldest, employees in the L.A. hub that's in a management position. Uh, there is certainly a desire to replace older, better-paid employees with younger, uh, less well-paid employees. It's my belief Mm -hmm. that James is not the only employee over 50 that has been eliminated by United in the last couple of years. Mm. So there's a cost um, savings analysis. There's the concern of the company that you have a manager in the case of James who's willing to report violations of law and passenger safety concerns, which can be embarrassing to the airlines, especially if it gets out in uh, in the media, as it is now. So you have a couple of different reasons that would motivate them to take this action against James. It's sad, but seems to be the way that they've done business, certainly in this case. Yes, that certainly is a, um, you know, connecting it to 9-11, that certainly is a, could be potentially a very, um, uh, quite a quite a bit of news to report that, in fact, um, you know, because, because of the whole big issue of passenger safety and how that, yes, of course, 
if you don't keep track of all the passengers coming on and going off, there is the risk of uh, a terrorist getting on with all this confusion and so on. So imagine the PR nightmare <laughs> to United of um, people finding out that that here, this airline, you know, one of the airlines that was tragically affected by 9-11, um, that they are still not, that years later, you, you would think that, that United and American would, ha- would be the most uh, concerned with safety and all that. So, so to hear something like this is happening now, years later, is quite a bombshell. Yeah, they seem to be repeating the mistakes that led to the tragic deaths of thousands of people in the past. So that's not a very good thing. And they would want to have that concealed and covered up. But fortunately, lawsuits and lawyers are able to show what happened, and the public has a right Mm -hmm. and a need to know. Yeah, and it's kind of, you know, it, it's interesting that with when things happen, like Dr. Dow being dragged off the plane, we have people uh, taking video, right, with their cell phones, so the public gets that, and then that gets posted on social media. But, you know, what happens behind closed doors when you're getting fired and your whole history with the airlines, that there's nobody there taking pictures. Um, James, tell us about how... Uh, in what ways, I guess, closer to 9-11, in what ways things did change at the airline because of what happened on 9-11? Well, clearly, after 9-11... Hold on. I want to caution you not to discuss anything that you've been told is secret or proprietary because we don't want to violate the safety of passengers or any rules of United in this. Uh, of course, sure. and uh, the, the training we we take uh, uh, have taken throughout my career, and of course, since post nine eleven, uh, that's part of the edict of not to do what you're suggesting. I don't. So, just in, in broad terms, uh, clearly after nine eleven, uh, we had significant changes in the manner in which we uh, handled everything from cargo uh, to uh, to our customers' uh, handling. And, and, and obviously you're aware of most of those, but things like uh, this particular instance that we're speaking of uh, become critical. In the old days, it was no big deal if uh, 120 people got off the airplane and sat in the, uh, in the mm-hmm. gate area for a little bit while the aircraft was being fixed or serviced and then got back on. In the post-9-11 environment, uh, obviously you can't do that. You need to scan the boarding right. passes when you come off, for example, and scan them back on so that you know that passenger Jones got off and passenger Jones got back on again and that everything's reconciled at the end. So it was things like that, you know, where you get down to the nitty gritty of, uh, of uh, exactly who's on that airplane for all the obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and what about as far as uh, the, I don't know if you, I mean, chances are, I guess, that you didn't personally know any of the United people who were um, in the who were killed on 9-11. Oh, I did. Uh, Captain Dahl was a, an acquaintance of mine uh, here in Los Angeles, uh, one of the uh, aircraft that went into the World Trade Center. It was devastating. Ah. And uh, also mm-hmm. one of the uh, flight attendants was uh, based out here. I knew uh, personally as well. I'd flown with her uh, 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 quite a bit. It was, it was an awful time. Huh. I just thought that would be a, an amazing coincidence, but that's very sad. 
Um, so I guess, well, do you think then maybe that that made you even more feel more responsible or feel like you should be, be that this kind of um, slip-up, <laughs> what happened with the pregnant woman, that this kind of slip-up, people not paying attention, um, that did you feel, you know, that it was even more important because you had lost these people who you knew in 9-11? Well, that becomes braided into your uh, daily work life. Uh, you know, when you work for an airline, uh, as you know, you've written on this, uh, you know, uh, safety and security is paramount. If you don't have that, you've got nothing. And uh, uh, they're in a busy airport like Los Angeles uh, or Des Moines, I guess it really doesn't make any difference. Uh, it's critical, and it's mm-hmm. emphasized to our employees that it's critical that we follow the rules that we're uh, trained to follow and uh, make sure that when that mm-hmm. aircraft pushes back from the gate, uh, everybody is safe. Uh, so, yeah, obviously mm-hmm. it was heightened uh, after 9-11, but certainly even prior to that, uh, it's a tenant of what we do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we have another break um, that we have to take. Uh, my guests are Attorney Bradley Gage and James Chabuco, who's telling us about his story with United. When we come back, I actually want to talk about uh, also that this isn't necessarily um, just a problem limited to United, but um, maybe, um, Brad, you can tell us about, it seems like there's a trend, and we can talk about that when we come back, um, of more and more companies finding excuses to fire people as they get older. So let's uh, include that in what we talk about when we come back. Meanwhile, we have to take a break. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Tune into the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. 
If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, taking you behind the scenes today of United Airlines. You have seen the things and been horrified by some of the things that have been recorded by passengers taking video on their cell phones, um, things like a doctor being dragged off or a different doctor being obviously discriminated against when she her credentials were asked for when she um, tried to help a patient on the airline. Um, the dogs, you've seen pictures of the dogs who, um, who have died and... Um, uh, well, pictures of them from their owners from before they died, um, but all of these horrible things. And now we're taking you behind the scenes to things that you haven't uh, seen, that you don't typically see, things like wrongful termination and whistleblower retaliation and uh, intentional, intentional infliction of emotional distress. My guests are attorney Bradley Gage and former United Airlines employee uh, James Trabuco. So... Um, I just want to, before we get into age discrimination in general, James, how, I mean, you said you were devastated. You know, any, I think anyone who's ever been fired can, can um, relate to that sinking feeling that you get when uh, you go into a room and you think, you're thinking you're doing, everything's fine, and all of a sudden you're told out of the blue that you're being terminated. Um, but for you, especially after 42 years at United, going all over the world for them, all, being promoted one promotion after another, one award after another, it must have you must have it must have felt very surreal. Yes, it certainly was. I, I uh, it was, that's exactly the the thought that it is surreal. Uh, yeah, I was sitting there on July 18th, telling, uh, being advised that my health insurance would terminate in 12 days, and uh, was given my vacation pay due and sent out the door. Uh, no retirement, wow. uh, no flying benefits, etc. So it's been a difficult income stopped. I'm uh, living off savings now in an effort, uh, obviously trying to get regain other other employment. But yes, it's been devastating. When you think wow! About, no, no insurance and no no um, retirement. That that's crazy. Yep. Yes. When you think about, yeah, when you think about a man who's had one job his entire life and did it remarkably well, as shown by his promotions and everything he's told you about, to everything to have everything ripped away, stripped from you the emotional impact and the financial devastation is really astounding. The callous, the malice, the disregard of Jim's rights is angering and disheartening at the same time to see this multi-billion dollar company willing to cast him out on the street when he's trying to do the right thing and to protect and serve all of us is really shocking to me. And the kind of conduct that the courts often find would justify punitive damages. But, you know, when you think about work, work is so important to all of us. We spend the majority of our waking hours at work each day, at least on our work days. We have our friends. We get awards that make us feel good. We get our social activities often with our coworkers. 
to have that all ripped away from us is just heartbreaking and devastating, and it's really a shame. I feel so bad for Jim. That's why I'm proud to be his lawyer and to help him to right this wrong. Well, now, isn't there something, um, even like, well, first of all, it kind of boggles my mind that uh, Jim, after you proved for 42 years your intelligence and everything else, your managerial capabilities, I mean, it boggles my mind that they wouldn't think that you were going to go get a lawyer. But, Brad, isn't there supposed to be some kind of internal um, uh, recourse? Like, wasn't he, shouldn't he have been able to have some kind of investigation by HR or something before he was tossed on the street? Well, it's pretty limited in the private sector. When I represent police officers or firefighters, they have added rights that the rest of us don't have. But when it comes to discrimination, when it comes to retaliation, the law is really set out for us as lawyers to help protect the employees and bring it to the courts. And that's what we're doing and that's what we will do. So that's how we're going to do it. And then you also had asked me about um, issues of age discrimination. If you'd yes. like to talk about that. Yes. It, yes, when it because comes, it seems like it's increasing. I certainly see it. As I'm about to hit 60 myself, maybe I'm more aware of it. But, you know... I have a number of lawsuits against the Beverly Hills Police Department right now. Most of my clients all have claims of age discrimination. It's a very big problem. You may have seen we just resolved the first of the cases as we were about to start trial in Rosen versus City of Beverly Hills for $2,300,000. And we have quite a few other cases showing that not only is age discrimination a growing problem, but even when you bring it to an employer's attention, it doesn't seem to stop the problem because in Beverly Hills, at least, one lawsuit led to two, which led to four, etc. So there are a lot of places where age discrimination is a big problem. I had a record-setting verdict in Chula Vista for a firefighter that was terminated when he was 59. And this seems to be about the age where the employers really go after us. Now, for myself, mm. I feel strong, healthy, fit. I feel like I'm in the prime of my work life right now. And to have someone say, gee, I couldn't do work anymore because of my age would be astounding. My father is still working. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be 85. Uh-huh. So, well, I yes, it and I think it's—I it's, think it's—it's um, it's affecting all different uh, kinds of work. I mean, you know, you can kind of see where maybe in a job like a firefighter or even a policeman, where maybe they could try to say that uh, that if the person isn't fit in any case, um, that it's a danger to them or something, or it's a danger to their coworkers if they work. I mean, is that the argument? Well, usually in police work, once someone reaches the age of 60, they're not out on the streets, certainly not on a regular basis. They're doing administrative mm-hmm. work, which is paperwork sitting behind a desk. You don't have to be in the prime of your life, but 
I mean, you know, I swam San Francisco, Alcatraz to San Francisco recently and a lot of other long-distance events that I don't think age is a big factor. You know, it just depends on the and person you and your ability. To, and you managed to, es- you managed to escape then. <laughs> Seven times, From Alcatraz. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, um, I bring that up because we all live longer now. We're healthier now. Yeah. My grandfather worked into his mid nineties. My father's working at eighty-five, almost eighty-five. My uncle's in his seventies, still working full time. It age doesn't have to be a factor. Sure, here and there, somebody can't do their job. Well, if they can't perform, then that's a problem. But don't say we're getting mm-hmm. rid of someone simply because their age is a certain age. It's like saying we're going to get rid of someone because of their race or their gender or any other protected characteristic. It's just wrong, and it's illegal. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um Absolutely. And, you know, it's kind of ironic because at the same time that this, that this is increasing, that age discrimination is increasing, um, there's more talk about, you know, raising Social Security, the age of Social Security or how long you're or making people, um, like in California, the bill where they're trying to make people work until or not be able, not be eligible for retirement benefits until uh, not 65 but 70 or even later. So there's all this push in in other places um, to try to make people work longer, and at the same time, empl- some employers are, um, are are finding excuses to fire people when they get older. Well, if you try to get rid of someone because of their age. It's just as illegal as trying to get rid of someone because of their race or their sex. It's not allowed. Yes, absolutely. Well, we're coming to the end of um, the show. Uh, James, do you have any last words? Appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. I'm thankful for Brad, who's uh, looking out for my rights and others in cases like this. This is uh, an atrocity to me, and uh, it's frankly wrong, as Brad has said. And uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll get a, a satisfactory resolution to it. Thank you. You're welcome. And, Brad, I'm, I trust that with you as, as his attorney, you will get a satisfactory resolution. So thank you both for being here. Um, thank you very much. I think it's really important. You're welcome. I think it was very important that people get to hear. It's not so much about United per se, but the fact that this is a an issue that is going to be, um, that is happening more and more, and there are, it is against the law, and you do have the right to sue. So thank and you I'm both ho- again, and thank you. Yeah, again. I'm hopeful that we will improve safety and security for all airline passengers with this yes. case, too. Yes, absolutely. So thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.